And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. I want to spend some time unpacking Revelation chapter 20, verse 7 and 8, um, which records the events occurring immediately after the millennium. So if you wouldn't mind turning your Bibles to Revelation chapter 20, and I'll read verse 7 8. I really want to do everything, but because of time, I might not. Amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm going to read the text, then I'm going to introduce the sermon. Amen? Revelation chapter 20, verse 7 reads, And when the thousand years were expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. Verse 8, and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle. And we are told the number of whom those who gathered with the devil, those who joined his army against the Lord, is as the sand of the sea. You know, verse 7 and it is one sentence. So, what I'm going to do, as I said, is um, just go through it. But, you know, as we go through the text, I want you to keep in mind that this, all the events in the book of Revelation has yet to come, to pass. It's going to happen sometime in the future. I've had some people ask me some questions about the book of Revelation, and it seems like they haven't really realized that the book of Revelation is a prophetic book. It hasn't happened as yet. However, there are lessons and principles we can learn from the book, even as we read right now, that will help us in our Christian life. But the events in the book of Revelation are yet to be fulfilled. Um, if you stick around <laughs> long enough, <laughs> you will see the fulfillment of every prophecy in the book of Revelation. You know, Isaiah 46 verse 10 re reminds us that, that God declares the end from the beginning. The end hasn't come as yet. Men? The end hasn't come as yet. Isaiah 46 verse 10 reads, declaring the end from the beginning. And that's what God is doing. God gave us the book of Revelation now. It's the end, but it hasn't come as yet, to pass as yet. Amen? So God said, I am God, and I can declare the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, because the book of Revelation was, was written way, almost uh, um, four or five thousand years ago. Amen? So from ancient times, the things that are not yet done. So God said, the things that are not yet done in the book of Revelation, I wrote these from ancient time to help prepare my people for that time. Amen? And he said, saying, my counsel shall stand. God said, my counsel shall stand, and I will have all my pleasure. So God said, his counsel, which is the word of God, it shall stand, it shall come to pass. Amen. It's not going to, um, it's not, going to not be fulfilled. If you are here wondering whether or not these prophecies are going to be fulfilled, I want you to keep this in mind. I'm saying this because I've had a lot of questions about you know, is the book of Revelation literal or is it figurative? Is it how many metaphors are in there? 
I'll tell you this. Amen. If you're here tonight, what is wrong? Thank you. If you're here tonight wondering whether or not these prof prophecies are going to be fulfilled, I want you to keep that in mind. In the Bible, was documented over 300 prophecies about the coming Messiah. Over 300 prophecies about the coming Messiah. All of these prophecies were fulfilled by Jesus Christ. Therefore, you can rest assured that all the prophecies mentioned in the book of Revelation about the end time is going to come to pass. Amen? Every one of them, praise the Lord, is going to come to pass. I have a word for you. I have a scripture for you. Isaiah 55, 11. It says, So shall my word that goeth out of my mouth. The book of Revelation went out of God's mouth to John who documented it. It shall not return void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing where I sent it to. That's what God says about his word. If it goes out of his mouth, it is going to come to pass. I have another scripture for you, Mark 13, 31. Mark chapter 13, 31. It says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words, amen, shall never pass away. And so I want you to keep that in mind. The book of Revelation, the things that are in there is going to happen literally. Amen. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. Now, you know, I was, I was uh, just speaking with some spiritual leaders uh, in talking about the book of Revelation. And, 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 and they said, look, there is a particular prophecy that's been fulfilled right in our eyes. Right now it's been fulfilled. Taken from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 3. Can you go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 3 and let us see the prophecy that's been fulfilled right now, even in our eyes. You got it? Yeah, it says, Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come, amen, which is the day of the Lord, except that there come a falling away first. And the man of sin shall be revealed, the son of perdition. The Bible says before the end times come, there's going to be a what? A falling away. People are going to give up. Christians are going to give up their faith. And it starts... Like we are, like, like it starts the way we are seeing it now. A, 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 a sudden drop in attendance. Because people read the Bible, they get discouraged. They see things in there and um, um, believe God. They saw they claim. And uh, for some reason it's not coming to pass. And they, the devil seems to delude them into thinking that this is not true. Amen. So this has been fulfilled even now. There's been a drop, a, a, a dramatic drop in church attendance. And they were saying, one of most of the pastors were saying, here are some of the reasons why some of the parishioners say they couldn't come. Well, I, I got to go to work. I got to do some extra hours. I got a meeting on Wednesday evening. Another pastor said, a uh, few parishioners said, gas prices has increased, pastor. I live far from church. You see what I'm saying? So, so, so this is being fulfilled even now. A pastor went on to say his parishioner said, Pastor, I'm tired. I live so far from the church. My, and one said, my family is first. And on and on and on. Amen. So, uh, I, so I just brought that to your attention. Amen. Because the book of Revelation is a literal book. The things that are in there are really going to happen. Amen. 
Revelation chapter 20 verse 7. Let's get into our text. Verse 7 and it is one sentence. Revelation 20 verse 7 and it is one sentence. So I'm going to unpack the sentence. Amen. The same way it is here. It reads, and when the thousand years will expire. Do you remember the thousand year reign? Amen. Of Jesus Christ. It's called the millennium. The millennial reign. During that year, we said the devil is going to be bound. Amen. There will be no temptation. A complete utopia. Where the Bible, where one, uh, one verse in the Bible characterizes this period, this period of time as a time where righteousness and peace has kissed together. Amen. Because Jesus is reigning and ruling. There's going to be peace. Everybody's praying for peace and asking for peace. Everybody's doing the peace sign. Mm. That, because the reason why there's going to be peace during that time is because the Prince of Peace, Jesus, will be finally reigning and ruling. There cannot be peace without the Prince of Peace. Amen? So, so uh, when the thousand, Satan will be loosed out of his prison. Now, now one would think that after one thousand year imprisonment, the devil would at least rethink his opposition of God. Think about 1,000 years you're in the bottomless pit, chained like an animal. To think of the, the, the hurt and the, the, the pain you've perpetrated on humanity. 1,000 years, brothers and sisters. I mean, consider his humiliation. He had 1,000 years to think of his wickedness. Amen. And not only that, we are told in the book of Isaiah, all the demons were who were incarcerated with him in the abyss were secretly look they were ridiculing him talking about him talking about how he fell let, let me show you what they were saying come over with me to isaiah chapter 14 and let's read verse 12. think about that one thousand years of imprisonment uh-huh and he still hasn't learned his lesson as soon as he was loosed he went on doing business as usual Think about it, brothers and sisters. 1,000 years. Chained. And nothing chained. Wow. You got it? Isaiah chapter. Now what I want you to do as you read, I want you to keep in mind, there is a play on words in the text. In part, it's talking about the judgment and fall of the king of Babylon. But the king of Babylon here is a symbol of Satan's fallen judgment. Amen? So it reads here, this is, this, is, this is Isaiah prophesying, amen, Revelation chapter 20, years before. Now Revelation chapter 20 hasn't occurred, but Isaiah is prophesying it. He reads here, it reads, how thou art fallen from heaven, O Lucifer. Where was he? Where, where was he? He was in heaven. He was in heaven. He's no longer in heaven. Uh-huh. Oh, Lucifer, son of the morning, how art thou cut down to, he was what? Cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations. He weakened the nations, amen? We'll, we'll get into that a while. For thou, and it, verse 13, I want, to, I want to spend some time on verse 15 and 16. But verse 13 and 14 tells you why he was, amen, cast out of heaven. For he said in his heart, how many of you know God looks on the heart? First Samuel 16, 7 says, God looks on the heart. Human beings look on the outward appearance. But God has the prerogative to look at the motives of the heart. He said, he said for you said in your heart, which is where everything's happened, I will ascend into heaven. 
I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. Verse 14, and he doesn't stop. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like the, I will be what? No, that's what he wanted to say from the start. <laughs> that's what he wrote. <coughs> it's called selfish ambition. That's what he really wanted to say. But he starts, amen? And it finally came out. But here is it, here, here is it, verse 15. Verse 15. Verse 15 says, yet you shall be brought down to hell. Where? To the sides of the pit. Hear me, hear, hear, hear me brothers and sisters. This is Revelation chapter 20 fulfilled. You shall be brought down where? Down to hell, to the sides of the pit. Chained like an animal for 1,000 years. Yet he's still consumed with selfish ambition. Think about But you, hold on, hold on. The Bible is beautiful. When you get back in these Hebrew words, you begin to understand, you know, what, what's really happening. Amen? Still has selfish ambition. He wants to elevate his throne. Mm-hmm. He wants to, to be the one that's worshipped on the holy mountain. He wants to be, he, he wants to resemble the most high. Wow. And after 1,000 years, he's still not changed. Chained for 1,000 years to think of why he is where he is. He talk about just total insanity. I've been looking forward to describe them and I, I, I fall short. Did, did you... Uh, I need you to, let, let us read, hold on, hold on. Can I unpack verse 15 quickly so we can proceed? Verse 15, the word hell here, very important word. It means, the, the, the word hell, it has been translated in the King James Version as grave, hell, and pit. Bottomless pit. So you shall be brought down to the bottomless pit. Uh, uh, so, so he's talking about the world of the dead. The word sides here. Listen, listen. Important word. The word sides here is, it, it means rare or recess. Meaning the lowest part of the bottomless pit. Which means like the bottomless pit has different levels. And he is in the lowest of the lowest place. In the bottomless pit. And this is how we know. This is how we know. This is how we know the word pit means a hole, a dungeon, a well. That's what the word pit means, a hole, a dungeon, a well. You remember Paul who was thrown into the dungeon with Silas? Amen, down in the ground and chained. You remember that? And that's when they begin to praise God. And the you remember the story? Amen. So, so in verse 16, here comes the demons who are incarcerated with him. Hear what the demons are saying. Listen, what, what did verse 16 says? They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the Wow? Is this the man that made the earth to tremble? Is that the man who did shake kingdoms that made the world in a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof that opened not the house of his the, 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 the demons? That are incarcerated. Those according to Jude and First Peter. Who did not keep their former state. They are bound right now in the abyss. In the bottomless pit. And they are talking because Michael just brought him down. 
Well, <laughs> uh, you get what I'm saying? Brought him down and look, look, the word narrowly is a very important word. I looked up the word narrowly. It means to peep or to glance sharply at. So what they're doing, he's down and they're looking and they're, they're just taking a peep and pulling their face. Glancing and... Because that's what narrowly means. It means what? It means to peep, to glance sharply at. To peer down at you from above. To what? Peer down, to look down. So he's down and they're looking and they're talking saying, Is that the devil? Who thought he had it? That's the guy who misled us. We thought this man had it going on. It's unfortunate people are still following the devil today. God told us he's a weak creature. And the main reason why the devil seems to have a control over us is because we have an unrenewed mind. That is the only problem with us Christians. The story that's running up here has not changed. That's the only problem. Because you cannot go in body where you've not been in mind. Message story. You cannot go in body where you've not been in your mind. You must go in there in your mind first. So we need to change the story that's running here. That's always been the problem. Renewing the mind. That's why Romans 12 uh, verse 1 and 2 tells us, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing. So you, you have us Christians, some of us acting just like unsaved. It's because our mind is not renewed. That is the only problem. You got a Christian who renews he or she her mind. Dangerous. You got a Christian who mortifies the deeds of the flesh. Dangerous. And when I say mortify the deeds of the flesh, you keep down that body of sin. The body of sin is, a, a, is the story that's running here. Brothers and sisters, it takes time to change the story that's running. It takes time. It takes effort. You got to be methodical. You've got to be, you, you've got to engage. That's why Proverbs chapter 7 and Proverbs chapter 3 tells us to write it on the tablet of your heart. Change the story that's running here. And you got to fight to do it. Yes. Yes. Write it on the tablet. My, my son, make sure you remember. Make sure your heart retain my words. What you have, Solomon, um, David said, I can't do that for you, Saul. Sorry. His mother called him. What his mother called him? Lem, you will. Lem. David said, Lem, I can't do that for you. You have to take the time mm -hmm, and do what? Let your heart retain my words. Memorize my words. How is your heart going to retain God's word? You got to read it and memorize it. You cannot meditate on what you've not memorized. You cannot do that. That's why I'm so heavy on memory, scripture memorization. The Bible says that pray without ceasing. How do you do that? How, how, what are you going to pray about? God's word. So you must return it. When I'm driving, you think I have my Bible looking? No. It has to be here so you can bring it up. That is the only problem we've ever had as Christians. That is the only inroad the devil has in our lives. When he whispers things to us. If our hearts, if the story has not changed, then we are going to follow suit with what he suggests. That's always been the problem. And so the Bible tells us here, uh, um, um, in Isaiah chapter 14, uh, um, 
the demons are talking, they're looking at him. And then verse, the verse tells us in verse 16, um, consider, they begin to think. You know, consider means to think. You know, understand. This people begin thinking, saying, how did we let that happen to How did we let this man do that to us? Right now we're here for eternity. After considering his humiliating defeat, he would at least, at least, head in the direction of repentance. But no, 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 not the devil. Verse 8 tells us what he began to do immediately, immediately, immediately after he was released. What did verse 8 tell us he do? Verse 8, verse 8. Yeah, Revelation chapter 20. I'm I, I, sorry, I left. <laughs> I, didn't do, I didn't do verse 16. I see the time is flying by. Revelation 20, verse 8. We were in Isaiah chapter 14. Sorry about that. But, but let's see what he's doing. As soon as he was released, you would think that he would take a breather and say, let me think a bit. No, no, not the devil. No, not the devil. And, and what, what happened? And shall go out and do what? Deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together. As soon as he was... You, you mean you've been bound for a thousand years? You, you didn't think of what you did. You went straight business as usual. To do the people exactly what he did to Adam and Eve. Remember what he did to Adam and Eve? Yeah. To deceive. Deceive means to twist the truth. That's what he's done. He's a deceiver. He knows how to twist the truth. Amen. Give a different shade of the truth. That's what he's best at. He's a liar, according to Jesus. To deceive. Deception is only his only his only weapon. Deception. And with deception, he must get your permission. That is why it's important for us to change the story that's running here. Be Amen? Because that's how we let him in or keep him out. Notice what he did in Revelation chapter 16. Can you go to Revelation chapter 16, verse 13 and 14? I want you to, just a quick review. Revelation chapter 16. We are still talking about the devil's deception. I want to show you what the devil did to the kings of the world to bring them down to uh, Jerusalem for Armageddon so they can be slaughtered. Uh-huh. You got Revelation chapter 16? Verse 13. It reads, and I saw three like frogs. You know frogs are just gross. And this just slimy. Just, just gross. That's look at the look at how the look at how the Holy Spirit described demons. Frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet, for they are spirits of what? Devils working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth and, on, and of the world to gather them. Can you say deceive them? Deceive them to the battle that the, of the great day of the Lord. He went, that's what, he's best at deceiving. He brought them down to Jerusalem, whisper in their ears. These leaders and tell them, come on to Jerusalem. Come. That's where the great battle is. Come down. That is the most expensive real estate. You might get a piece over there. Not knowing these men will come into their death. <laughs> in John chapter 8, not only is he a deceiver, he's also a liar. In John chapter 8, there is a hostile exchange that's recorded here for us between Jesus and the Jews. You remember in John chapter 8? Listen to what Jesus told 
the, the, the Jews who had given in to the devil. Amen. Jews, uh, John chapter 8 verse 44. You got it? It's, uh, it's, it reads, it reads, you are of your father, the devil, and the lost of your father. You will do. The lost, his suggestions, his deceptions, hmm? the advice he gives, you shall do. He was a what? A murderer from the beginning and about not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh, it's a lie. And he speaks of his own nature for he is a lie and the father of it. He's, that is why the devil cannot change. His nature is to lie. His nature is deception. Wow. It doesn't matter how many years. He was held captive. He wouldn't change. He wouldn't change. He's mentally ill. He's deranged. Let, let, me, tell, let, let me tell you why I say that. Look, look, look. The, the Bible tells us here a description is given about the devil in 1 Peter 5 8. Can you turn to 1 Peter 5 8? Let me tell you why I said he's deranged. He's mentally ill. He's still fixated on the throne in God and he cannot. How? You know it cannot work. Think about it. You know something cannot work and you're still at it. You, 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 up something. <laughs> look, look. First Peter says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Seeking whom? He may devour. The word right here, the word roaring lion, the imagery given here is that of a man that's just moving back and forth and just grumbling. Yeah, just, just growling, just aimlessly looking back and forth. Who can I get today? Who? Back and forth all day. He's insane. He cannot think properly. He's like, he's just darting, darting back and forth. See if he can get a prey, a gullible prey. I got to get somebody today. Because his aim is to bring as much people to hell with him. That's his goal. He's bringing up many people to hell with him. Well. <sighs> Glory be to Jesus. And how many of you thank God for Jesus Christ? Hallelujah. You would think this man would change. After a thousand years. But no. I, I'm saying that because I'm about to make a point here. In a while. As it relates to us as Christians. Amen. So. So, so, so we are told here, he's going to deceive. Who is, who is he going to deceive? In verse 8. Can you go to verse 8? Continue from verse 8. He's going to deceive the, the nations, right? The word nations here means ethnos or races. He's after the entire human race because he wants to bring them to hell with him. Yeah, I'm back in Revelation chapter 20 verse 8. So the Bible says he's going to live to deceive. Who is he going to deceive? The nations. He's after everybody. Black, white, green, pink, blue, gray. Purple. It doesn't matter. If you are breathing, he's after you. Now, I want to look at these people who will follow Satan. Listen. In particular, these are those who survived the tribulation and entered the millennium in their natural bodies. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? We who are here today, we will be there. But we'll be there in our glorified bodies. Can somebody say praise the Lord? We are going to be the true eternals. Amen? 
Hallelujah. What a blessing. So they're going to, so, so they, they will bear children and repopulate the earth. Okay, under, listen to me, under ideal circumstances in which all will know Jesus, many, and that, this is what's going to happen. It is going to be so wonderful and so peaceful. And any uprising, according to Psalm, um, Psalms 2, any potential uprising, going to go, we're going to bring it down. The reason why is because we'll be able, like Jesus, we'll be able to, uh, you, you know how Jesus is omniscient, We'll, we, we'll have that capability. We'll be able to detect what's going to happen and take it down before it happens. So it's going to be a very, very quiet and peaceful time. But people's heart... So, let me just... Let, let, let me read what I have. So, so, so many will outwardly profess faith in Christ without actually placing faith in him for salvation. During that time, many people... Those, the kids of the people who make it through a tribulation, they passed through, the, they made it, somewhere, somehow they made it. They got off the grid. They lived in the mountain somewhere and became vegetarians and used lanterns. Amen. So they made it, in the, they made it through. Praise the Lord. They're in the, they're in the millennium. They have kids. Amen. But they haven't accepted Christ, many of them. Some of them will, some of them won't. Now, how do we know that the people in the millennium will not actually place faith in Jesus Christ? How will we know? Notice what the end of verse 8 says. End of verse 8. Yeah, yeah. So, you, you got it? Yeah, yeah. Nations which are in the four quarters of the, the whole earth. He's going after everybody. Gog and Magog. Some commentators seem to think Gog and Magog is referring to Russia. Uh, um, uh, Russia. Ezekiel 38 and 39 talks about it too. It seems to be referring that. Seems to be saying that Russia is going to take the lead in that total rebellion. It may he. They may or may not. I'm not sure. But that's what some commentators. Listen to me. I'm not interested. I'll be in. I'll be in Jerusalem. I'll be in Jerusalem. I'll be. I'll be at the Jerusalem house. I'm not interested. But it is there for informational purposes. They might be the ones, or Gog and Magog, just, Gog may be the leader and Magog the nation. Amen? So it may be the leaders and the, the leaders and the nations, or maybe Russia is taking the lead in that rebellion. And notice what the devil is doing. To gather them together to what? To battle. After the man is chained for 1,000 years, he knows he cannot beat God. He knows that because and Gabriel, um, um, Gabriel came and chained him. Michael came and chained him. He, oh. he alas. Right here, right here. He's staging a last rebellion. That's how we know the people did not accept Jesus Christ in their hearts. Oh, they, they profess faith, but they didn't possess faith. Because they realized, because they realized, hey, we can't mess with Jesus. We can't, we can't mess with the eternals. They'll take, they'll take us down. So in their hearts, I mean, they're behaving like they're Christian, but they're not. And so the devil has to be loosed to tempt them to bring out the truth. You see, because the devil is loose now, Amen. He's tempting us to bring out the truth. So what's good for the what's good for the goose is good for the gander. If it's good for us, it's good for them. Amen. 
Can somebody say praise the Lord? So, 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 so we see, we see what's happening here. So, so the shallowness of their professions, listen, will become apparent when Satan is released. The multitudes who follow Satan are evidently those who have never been born again in the millennium. Acting Christian. Behaving like they're Christians during the millennium because they have, they don't have a choice. The Prince of Peace is reigning. Uh, back then, I, 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 I hadn't, um, visited us yet but Zechariah tells us if the, everybody will be going to Jerusalem uh, uh, to worship at a, uh, at a particular time everybody and as, um, uh, he says that if you don't go to Jerusalem God is going to send drought yes yes during the thousand years you have to go to Jerusalem to worship I'm not sure how many times a year but everybody is required to go to Jerusalem and those who refuse to go forget about it You'll be punished. So, they're going to act <laughs> like they are saved until the devil is loosed. Amen? Satan's release will produce a worldwide rebellion against the millennial reign of Christ. The armies will be so vast in numbers, they are said to be like the sand of the seashore. You, you, hold on, hold on. I, how do you get people who are living in a utopian environment a complete utopia how can you get people like the sand of the sea to come up against god people who have experienced peace like a river people who've seen the exercise of justice and righteousness people who have been provided for there is no what are we experiencing now inflation People who have tasted of the goodness of God. People who have experienced the goodness and the blessings of God. They have lived in a real oasis of blessings and love. People who lived in an environment where justice and peace taste and came together. How do you follow the devil and fight God after, God's, after, each after you've experienced God's goodness? How is that possible? You know, I was I was just meditating on that today. Before I I guess the Holy Spirit said to me, before you look at them the wrong way, consider yourself. <laughs> uh, You see, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul has a suggestion in Romans chapter 7. You got Romans chapter 7. Let's look at verse 24 to 25. Romans chapter 7. It reads, this is the Apostle Paul. He said, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And then he, he, he ended by saying, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind, I serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. You, 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 you see, it, it is what Paul is saying. Paul said, and if you read verse, if you read Romans chapter 7, Paul is saying, the things I want to do, I don't do. You, you know, he's, and, and, and if you look at the, if you look at verse, if you look at the entire chapter, it's not that Paul is saying that he sinned. Paul is saying that if he lives in the flesh, 
in his, if he tried to meet God's demands in his own strength, the things he wants to do, he cannot do it on his own. That's what he said. He's not saying I live like a sinner. No, he's not. He said, if you mess around and try to live the Christian life without God's power, without God's strength, or you will do what you don't want to do. You, you see, it's, you, you see, we talk about one proverb and five Psalms, and you know, people, you know, people came to me and Pastor, I, you know, Pastor, you, why you see, you're after that one proverb and five Psalms. The reason, and, and, and I tell them, the reason why I am the way I am is because I did it. I said I was humble enough and obedient enough to do it. And so I reap the benefits. You are, you are coming to me, talking about your struggles. I'm telling you what I did to help change the story. That's what the Bible called the body of sin. It is a system of thinking. A, body, a way of thinking that has to be overthrown. That's why the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 13. You have to mortify the deeds of the flesh. Stay on it. How you stay on it? One proverb. Five Psalms. One proverb. Every day you stay on it. That's how you mortify it. Some of you think you can do better. Congratulations. <laughs> I don't read the Bible to preach. No, I don't do that. No. I read the Bible to survive. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Luke 4 for Matthew 4 for. I don't I came here, I come here for 45 minutes on Wednesday and on one Sunday. You think that I, you think all that reading is for this, right? No. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, he said, I keep my body under lest I become a castaway when I preach. And I say this because the people back then in the millennium, they had not done that. And, and, it, and it came out. That's why they followed the devil so easily because they had not changed the story in their mind. I, I will tell you, I will share this with you. A Christian with an unrenewed mind will live just like an unbeliever. The only thing is you accepted Christ. That's it. You'll go to heaven and your works uh, after it's been tested will all burn up. I, I, I don't want that. That is why every day I'm trying to do my one proverb and five Psalms and more. Double up. Because I'm in obedience to God. Amen. I'm, do, I'm what? in obedience to God. You're just in obedience. Jesus, Jesus said heaven and earth shall pass away. My words, I want that in me. Your words will never pass away. That's what I want in me. John 6, 63. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and life. I want spirit and life in me. Uh, or not. You got a choice. That's what I'm saying. I don't study the Bible to preach. No. I study the Bible to live a life full of the spirit. Because I don't, I don't encounter the devil here. No, when I go out there. Here, the, here you, you, you're in your best behavior. In the house of the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> you need that when you go out there. And so, that's why God said to me, don't you be too hard on them. Consider yourself. This is the, you remember I told you there was a reason why I was saying they had not changed? How can you be in 
a utopian environment for 1,000 years and not change? We have to ask ourselves, how come we've been saved for so long and hasn't changed? We have, we, so many of still thinking the same way? Still reacting the same way? Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. You're not putting anything in us for the Holy Spirit to bring up. Amen. So we can conquer. If you don't have the word in you, the Holy Ghost can't do anything for you. Let me say it again in English. If you don't have the word of God in you, the Holy Spirit cannot do anything for you. Because he was sent to bring back, to bring to your remembrance what you put in here. Yeah, that's what he's going to do. Bring to, in nothing in, nothing out. Nothing in powerless. Always cried. <laughs> because you feel the pressure. And you need to put something in you to fight. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Amen. Which means that your spirit needs to be fed more than your flesh. But we give the flesh three meals a day, a snack or two in between. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Yes. Uh, what, what, about this? what about the spirit? If man shall not live by bread alone, what about the spirit? Are we giving three meals a day and snacking in between with the word of God? <laughs> Can I be honest with you? L let me tell you who are going to benefit, are going to reap the benefits of Christian. People who realize that's it. People who realize that's it. Living for Christ, that's it. That's what matters. People who realize that the world, there is nothing out there. The things of this world should grow strangely dim. 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 But that's not the way it is. There is still a pool, an attraction out there for most Christians. And it's because we haven't modified the deeds of the flesh. We haven't said, said that's it. I have, I, I'm not living for anything out there. Jesus said, there is nothing in me. He said, the, he, said, he said, the prince of this world cometh, but there's nothing in me. He can bet, use to bet me to sin. Jesus said that. We Christians should be able to say that. Yeah, the devil is coming, but there's nothing out there. He can use to tempt me to sin. You know, it's just amazing that to, to be in that environment and you still, and the Bible said, and if you read the rest of the text, God, so, God, God, Jesus just got so angry. He just called fire from heaven. And just, I mean, people surrounded Jerusalem, like, the, like grains of sand in the sea, and he just called for fire and they just got consumed. Just like that. Still following the devil. And there's some of us today, still following the devil. Still embracing his suggestions. There was a time in my life, let me share this with you, my story, and I'm going to end. I used to struggle to live the Christian life. 25, 26, struggle. I would fast, 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 fast. I would pray, 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 pray. We used to come to pray. We were, we were at junior college, and we used to leave every break we got from the... From, from the uh, from the college we would rush to church to pray that's why i find it strange today <laughs> there is nobody in the church praying during the day it, you know some uh, back then that wasn't the way it is back then many would in the church praying 
after work, people come to pray. Now, you, I don't know what's going on. Anyhow. So, but nothing changed. I, there was no power in me. Just, and I began to pray, ask God, that, that emptiness. I would pray, 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 deaconess. Pray, 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 pray. And my prayers were not even the breathing prayer in the word of God. Move that Lord, do that Lord, bless the Lord. Just... Are you getting what I'm saying? And I would fast, I would fast for 10 days, only milk. Hear me now, hear me. And I went and I said, God, what's wrong? And somebody came and said to me, I, th I, think, I think it was a, somebody I saw. And he said, have you begun reading the Bible? Well, not, not as usual. I, not, a, not as I should. Well, you know, I pray, I pray, I pray. I fast, I fast, I fast. Let, let, let me try putting the Bible, read it. I started. I came reading, reading, not as I should, but one day I was reading the Bible and I came across John chapter 6 verse 53. It says, until you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of me. And for some reason that just jumped out of the Bible. You know when you read something, it jumped out at you? And I said, God, what are you saying? And the Holy Ghost said, be cannibalistic with it. And I said, what is he talking about cannibalistic with it? I said, are you talking about the bread? And the Holy Ghost said, read on. I began, I ended up at John 6, 63. It says, the flesh profits nothing. It is the spirit that gives life. The words that I speak to you. They are spirit. And that's the life you've been looking for. My life was changed. I began to, I began to devour and read for hours and hours. And, and here am I today. The only difference was I was not sowing the seeds in me. Mark chapter 4. The sower sows the seed, the seed, the seed. No seed, no fruit. I wish somebody had said that to me when I was 10 years old. My life would not be the same. That is why, that is why I believe God puts put a word revolution in me to bring back the body of Christ to the word of God you see because without the word you cannot pray effectively <laughs> that's why when they asked Peter in Acts chapter 6 they said Peter there is a there's a problem in the church the zero the, the, the Jewish widows and the Greek widows they're fighting uh, you need to check that you need to go ahead and, and Peter said no 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 he said I will give myself over to prayer and the ministry of the word he called what he called it what a ministry <laughs> if you're not saved tonight tonight is a good night to get saved a good night. <sighs> A good night to move from darkness to the kingdom of God. I know a lot was said. But I tell you, what you've been looking for is the word of God. That void you've been filling. Even if you're Christian, that void, that desire, that strength you've been looking for is in God's word. 
No seed, no fruit. Tonight is a good night to accept Christ as your Lord. If you're not saved, pray this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to take away my sins. I repent of my sins. I turn away from my sins. And Jesus, I make you my Lord. Say, 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 Jesus, I make you my Lord. Now and forever. If you did, you just entered into the kingdom of God. We congratulate you. Send us some information at iugmtally at gmail. iugm at, iugmtally at gmail.com. We'll send you some information. Pray with you and call you. Amen. Per adventure, you'll visit us here one time. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. And be gracious to you. The Lord leave his countenance upon you. And give you peace. Shalom. Nothing missing. Nothing lacking. Nothing broken. Say peace in my heart. Peace in my house. Say peace on my job. Peace everywhere I go. I am a carrier of peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.